Hey, you, Nina here. You are officially listening to Triggered Can Replay with that wherever you get your podcasts. And you might be watching us on YouTube. So, hey, we are officially in 2023. And today's episode on Triggered Can Replay with that is going to be a personal story. And when I say personal story, I mean a personal story of mine. So, we are going to get human to human personal today. If you know me personally, or if you are a client of mine, or if you are not ready to hear about the following items and topics in a story today, because it is not where you are on your journey, it is okay to not consent to listening to this episode. You will survive. I will survive. And you can go choose another piece of material that is present for you on your journey. But if you are ready to lean into a human experience on grief, on alcohol, on becoming blackout drunk, and on the struggle and ripple effects that those have in people's lives, then today may be the day for you to listen in and explore. So of course, you must be able to consent to this. This is you being able to listen into my story. And we're not going to be able to explore every facet, but we are going to be able to explore at least one. So of course, I want to invite you. We're growth-oriented here. Grab a journal or a really good friend to dialogue with about what comes up for you in this episode, okay? I am all about transforming hard conversations into teachable moments on this podcast. And so I do want you to be able to say, huh, what's stuck with me? What am I avoiding? And how do I move forward in my life? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. So if you are ready to move forward, that is what we're going to be exploring today. Of course, take your notes. I am going to lead you with a breath, with a story, with some psychoeducation. And then I'm going to give you a challenge for the upcoming week because I love the challenge. (laughs) So without further ado, I am curious. Are you ready to play? Welcome to Triggered. Can we play with that? You know that moment when your emotions ramp up in an instant, leaving you feeling helpless, frozen, or out of control? In that moment, you've been emotionally hijacked, the very definition of triggered. And I want to ask you, can we play with that? I'm Nina El Garcia, drama therapist and empowerment coach of Houston Creative Arts Therapy. Join me as we discover ways to empower you and the people who mean the most to you to transform hard conversations into teachable moments. Triggered. Real playful. Real respectful. Real empowered. Let's take a breath. I've got a little bit of some nerves today. I have not uh, publicly told this story yet, uh, but I will shortly. And again, this is just a reminder out there. If you know me and you're like, wow, today is not the day to know some personal stories about Nina, it's okay to not listen. But if you are ready to lean into a human to human conversation, here we go. A year ago or so, Uh, I was going through the divorce process. Many of you know this. You followed along. Thank you for the support. Uh, I officially, as of this past week, signed the divorce papers so that they can be sent to the judge. I know. Hallelujah. Send the amens on up, right? But a year ago, I was not where I am today. A year ago, I was uh, on my way 
to my sister's wedding dress shopping adventure. And she was going to be trying on a dress. And while uh, she was looking through the racks, I had just walked in. She was looking through the racks. My mother was there and not 30 seconds into me being there. My mother says something that triggers me. And let's be clear. My mother did not intentionally say something that triggered me. She said something that ended up being a trigger for something that was internally already occurring. Okay. It was just the thing that pushed the button that already existed. So when you're out there wondering, do I have a trigger? What's going on with my triggers? Why is this person so triggering? It's nine times out of 10, right? Is it really about that person or is it that they are saying or doing something that's pushing a button that already exists within you. Okay. Get curious about your triggers, friend. So my mother says something, I get triggered. I recognize it. I'm immediately shutting down. I'm like, you know what? Let me go take a minute. And so I walk away from them both, right? I don't say anything. I say, you know, kiss, kiss, hug, hug to my sister very quickly. And I walk through the aisles and I'm just trying to take a minute and calm down. I'm trying to walk and move my body so that I can funnel this energy out. Why would I do that, folks? Take out your journal and write this down. Emotion is energy that must be expressed. And the only one who can find a funnel for your emotions is you, you beautiful human. Okay. So as I am walking through the aisles, I'm funneling. I'm like, okay, okay, just calm it down. This is good for Erica. You want to be here for this. This is really exciting. And let's keep going, right? So I move forward and I come back to my sister and my mother. And I go and I sit down with her and she's going through all these dresses. And I am there thinking, you know, okay, I'm showing up. I'm here. But the energy the energy folks that is sitting within me, no matter the fact that I am trying to smile on the outside, that I'm taking pictures, that I am engaging with my sister, not so much my mother, but my sister at this point, right? Despite all of what's happening on the outside, internally, the energy is so dark. If I could honestly express to you the image that comes to mind when I think of what I was experiencing internally. It is like this inky, swirling mass of, I would say, probably black inkiness, right? Swirly mass, slowly swirling, almost like a sludge. And yet it is completely filling my chest cavity, my shoulders, down into my gut. It feels heavy and sticky and dark and like it just wants to suck me down and pull me in. So, of course, when you are feeling these things internally, they have a funny way of energetically escaping and rippling out. But if you do not express your emotion, I can guarantee, folks, it is likely to express you. So remember that line that I told you to write down that emotion is energy that must be expressed. If you don't express it, it will find a way to express you. And it may not be beneficial for you or anyone around you. And so I continue on with the story. I am trying to hold it together. I'm trying to contain something instead of address it. Now, if you are out there saying, I've been containing, Nina, I've been containing, at what point are you ready to process through and clean up that container? Because guess what? If you're containing, you're still holding on to it. And I was still holding on to it. 
we get through this entire um, lovely event. It was really, really lovely to see my sister go through all these stresses. And yet, internally, chaos, this gross chaos, right? And so I say goodbye to her and my mother. I was invited to spend time with them to go to have something to eat. And I just couldn't. I knew and was recognizing internally I was falling apart and I could not keep it together anymore. Folks, write this down. Am I emotionally sober? Because at this point in my story, I am not emotionally sober. I have lots of big emotions. And internally, I cannot control them anymore. So what needs to happen? Uh, you know, when I'm a backtrack, actually, at this point, I am emotionally sober. I'm going to explain what I mean by emotionally sober in a moment and why I'm backtracking and saying that, right? I want to be as honest with you all as I possibly can be. And when we're able to feel our feelings and let them flow through us in time, we are emotionally sober. We have the ability to feel those feelings and let them pass on and through. That is a human thing. You need to feel all your feelings and then eventually let them pass on and through, right? At this point, they are beginning to eke out and I cannot control them. And so what I do is I make a choice not to attend this lunch because I know that I will not be able to control what I am feeling. So I'm still in control in this point because I'm making a choice not to overextend myself, okay? Now here is where things begin to get a little sticky and the train goes off the track. They go on to their lunch, dinner, wherever it was at that point in time. And I get in my car and I bawl. I am weeping, heaving, sobbing in the parking lot of the atelier, right? The, the bridal shop, weeping, sobbing. I have a song on because this helps me to express. I have the song on that is very loud. If you don't have a song that helps you express an emotion, might be a good time to get one great tool to be able to utilize as a emotional funnel. Okay. Stay with me here. And I am bawling. I'm letting it out. I'm like, this is me funneling. This is still me using skills, still me in control, right? To the best degree that I can of feelings, which I cannot control. Are you still with me? I hope that you are still with me. Okay. So I've acknowledged where I'm at. I've owned the truth of where I'm at. I'm funneling to the best of my ability, these intense emotions that I simply, right? It have to let out, right? If I don't express them, they're going to express me, which is is what's happening, right? That's they're trying to to let's say we've got to we've got to get out. You know, this is too much. The energy is too much. So I reach out uh, to someone, uh, a cousin. I say, you know, meet me at the local brewery, folks. We're going to pause the story here. How wise do you think it was? As a person struggling and in a very vulnerable emotional state, clearly grief-ridden, how wise do you think it was for me to choose the arena of a brewery? If your answer is not very wise, Nina, ding, 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 10 points to you, okay? Not a wise choice. When you are struggling and vulnerable, that is the time for you to choose the safest, most structured most uplifting, most comforting spaces that are safe for you and for the people around you, okay? 
something. Uh, even if it is, I will also say, right, maybe it's something that allows you to get a lot of energy out, right? Going to the gym, for example, right? You're like, that's not the safest, most comfort, right? But it is going to allow you to safely funnel those feelings. You with me? Okay. Instead, I choose a brewery. This, of course, becomes a problem because the minute I decide to choose the brewery and that that's where I'm going to go and that that's what I'm going to engage in, no food, just drinks, not emotionally sober, my feelings have taken over, right? I head to the brewery. I get, I I don't normally attend breweries, just so we're clear. I don't drink. So if this is not a flag, it should be. Know what your flags are. Nina does not drink. I do not, right? I live a sober life. And this is a huge flag. Nina has chosen a brewery. She's going to go get a drink. Flag. And so I get to the brewery. I have a very delicious drink. And then I decide I'll get another one. Problem with these drinks is I don't drink. And two of the drinks actually equaled four drinks and so on and so forth. This becomes a nightmare because not only does my cousin drop me off back at my sister's who was supposed to be having this beautiful day for wedding dress shopping, right? My cousin drops me at my sister's and then leaves. My sister actually tends to me. Apparently I pass out. And folks, when I tell you I have never blacked out from drinking, I have never blacked out from drinking until this night. I was so grief-ridden and I was so lacking in emotional sobriety. I never should have picked up the drink. Are you with me here? Not beneficial. What did it allow me to do? Escape from the weight of that inky blackness. This is important. Write this down because before we end up picking up the drink, the drug, the extra sex, the risky, whatever the thing is that we struggle with, whether it's a substance or a behavior, we lose emotional sobriety first. We say, I don't know what my adaptive coping skills are for this. So instead, I'm going to use this. And in every case, it ain't adaptive, folks, right? We end up developing some maladaptive coping skills. My sister decides, as I get back to the story, to tend to me. And I wish that she had said, I'm not taking on this responsibility. She's never had to do anything like that for me, right? That's not the life that I had led. And I do not remember most of that night. What I do remember is going to sleep, waking up in the tub at the bottom of the tub with the shower on me. And I'm holding my sister's hand. God, I could cry now as I tell you as I'm holding my sister's hand. And a, a Joni Mitchell song is playing from Practical Magic. I can't even remember what it is right now, but I remember asking her to play it over and over and over again as I wept, My sadness was so, so deep. It completely overwhelmed me. Despite having numerous skills, I could have continued to utilize my skills. If I had never picked up that drink, this moment would never have happened. And the reason why I share this with you is I'm not looking for sympathy. I don't want you to feel bad for me. Um, 
I want you to learn and I want to know that I can learn, right? And I also want us to share these experiences because this is a very human experience. Someone is grief-ridden. Somebody cannot handle the grief, chooses something that actually becomes detrimental to them and also to the people around them. Because now my sister lives with this night. She remembers what happened, I'm sure, and I do not. So from that moment, the ripple effect in me and my sister's relationship has been so damaging, right? It brought up things for her that were old. It brought up things for me that were old. The rupture was so intense. The repair has not occurred yet. And that is incredibly sad for me to say, but it is the truth. When you lack emotional sobriety and you end up picking up something that can then not only damage you and your experience in the moment, but the people around you, it ripples out. Now, ruptures, ruptures are inevitable. They're going to happen. Repair is always optional. This memory, this moment, and the ripple effect that is still having in my life, not just because of this moment, just so we're clear when it comes to this relationship, but again, things that are bigger and older than the moment were brought up because of that night. And so as I wrap this story here, knowing and sharing with you all, I was in therapy. I and inevitably ended up getting hold of a psychiatrist to help me get through an incredibly difficult time. Group therapy, individual therapy, you name it. <laughs> I needed it to help get me stable so that I could, again, utilize the skills I already possessed to move forward in my life. And so as I wrap this story with you, sharing with you, I am living an incredible life, right? Uh, that did not hinder my ability to show up at work or for other people in my life. But that moment has affected me in that relationship with my sister to this day. Still hasn't been processed, not effectively. And so I've offered you some psychoeducation. Y'all know I like to give a story. I like to give a little psychoeducation, right? Rupture is inevitable. Repair is a decision, right? It's optional. And the choices that we make when we don't have the tools or the skills to remain emotionally sober, as we move forward, I want you to flip the script. I want to offer something to you, okay? Beyond the sharing of this story, and thank you for courageously sitting here with me and letting me share with you, right, and be vulnerable with you, my invitation to you this upcoming week is that you ask yourself if it's time for you to be honest with yourself with your sobriety, whether it's a substance or behavior that's not working for you, causing dysfunction in your life, or whether it's your emotional sobriety that needs to be dealt with so that you can truly live your best life, right? That is my question to you. Are you emotionally sober? And if you are, my hat is off to you. I'm emotionally sober. I'm happy to say, right? <laughs> um, but it took me a month. It took me the next month after that happened for me to get right. And let's be real, y'all, for everybody is a lot longer than a month, okay? And that was just to get stable. It took me all last year, right, to get back to the point where I can say today, no, I feel like myself and I have felt like myself for some time now. 
and I have processed through that grief and I am emotionally sober. So my hat is off to you again for listening to this very vulnerable episode. Flip the script on your life. We're at the end of the episode and I am curious what has stand, like what has stood out to you about this episode. Please leave a comment below. Let me know if this episode was helpful. One of the best things that you can do is to share this episode with someone you know that needs to hear this or could benefit from hearing this. Beyond that... If you are looking to support this show, right, in helping other people have these hard conversations and turn them into teachable moments, right, please, beyond sharing, leave us a review. Find an episode, your five-star episode, leave that five-star review, but explicitly tell people which episode it was that helped you to level up in your life and start a conversation with yourself or with someone you care about so that you could transform hard conversations into teachable moments and handle your triggers, okay? All right, know that I am sending you so much love today. This was such a vulnerable share. I am going to take care of myself. This was the right time to share this, but I am going to take care of myself after this with a cold drink of water. I'm going to move my body so I can keep moving these vulnerable feelings through me. And then I'm going to breathe in and I am going to exhale and I am going to reground and recenter myself so I can keep going with my day. Thank you so much for being willing to explore your triggers as a human being. Thank you. And of course, stay curious. Curious.